John. Marilee. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Oh, how do you feel? Mm, like hammered dog shit. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, gosh, it's terrible being sick. Yeah. yeah. Well. But, but anyway, thank you for your help. Oh, well, you're taking all the protocols. It. Yeah, mm. I'm, I'm um, learning all about how to put new stuff in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> uh, <Aww. laughs> Morthy, what a trooper you are then to to come and talk and not just stay in bed. Oh uh, yeah, no, I I don't like that. I I was um, you know, being that it's Valentine's Day, I thought I would look up some Valentine stuff oh. just quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very interesting. There's many Valentines, Saint Valentines. There's one particular guy that seems to be the key player, but um turns out that he's the patron saint of people with epilepsy and beekeepers along with lovers. Huh. And the lover thing didn't come along for a thousand years after the uh, martyrdom uh, in the third century of the, this guy that was apparently a bishop in the Roman Catholic Church. But the funniest, the best part about the whole thing was is how this thing got started in the first place, aside from the fact that it was apparently this bishop sent a, a love letter to his to his jailer's daughter or something. But um, it's designed around the time of year when birds begin to mate coming into spring. Hmm. That's what it's about. It's about Turned... birds mating in uh-huh. the spring. Procreation. Yeah, I guess. It's a natural thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to create. It's love. It's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, today's a big day in our family because it's Emma's birthday. Emma's birthday. Cool. Yes. That's cool. She's having her birthday in New York. Oh, well, okay. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. What She has no idea, but her boyfriend is extremely excited about it. He's got some plan. <laughs> do they do they go downtown and look at the lights or do they I have no idea. I don't know. My daughter is a jet setter. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm such a you know, I, I I don't know. I mean when I went on Times Square for the first time, I mean I'm from Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I walk out of a meeting at the um whatever it was club. And I look across, I'm in Times Square. And it's just, you know, just a, a flutter with stuff. And I look across the street and there's a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. I ignore everything else. All of a sudden I'm focused on, well, that's my guy. You know, that's Howard mm-hmm. Schultz's company. I'll right. walk over there and have some coffee. So I walked across the street, Times Square to Starbucks, had a cup of coffee. That's all I thought. That's all I cared about. I sat there and had my coffee and did mm-hmm. my business. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, a, I have a dead short sometimes when it comes to... Uh, that kind of wonderfulness. Hmm. God. Yeah, well. I was at the pen club. I was at the pen club in New York. That's where I was. And what is that? Uh, pen club is for University of Pennsylvania graduates, which I wasn't, but I was invited there as a visiting person. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yes. right downtown. Yeah. Hmm. They wanted me to come in and apparently a glitter for them, show, you know, sprinkle fairy dust or something. Very nice. So, That's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I've only been in New York once and it was only for a few days, so I didn't really get the whole thing, but, um, yeah, Times Square did all that, did all that. 
But it was cold. It was January. It was um, New Year's. I decided to just go with the drop of a hat. I just was inspired. I'm like, I have to go to New York. Goodbye. <laughs> and I got a ticket and I was on a plane. <laughs> I do I do like that about you. Yeah, I do like that about you. Spontaneous decision making. Right. Right. And everybody's like, wait, what do you mean you're going to New York? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know, but I have to go today, right now. It's quite interesting, too. It, it was um, kind of a, a pivotal, like, three days that has still resonated even today, the same circle. Really? And that's playing did you, out. Did you, did you meet people, or did you just go by yourself? Did you go? Uh, and I went by myself to meet uh, a friend, and then somebody else came into the picture that we did not anticipate. And that person is now influencing a great many people. Um, is this a quiz? No, I guess it's just okay. Just not a fan. Yeah. Just not <laughs> a fan. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, it uh, bothers me that people are continuing to serve the world of money. You know, it's like... The money's not going to solve the problem. It's not the answer. I mean, sure, of course, you know, when you're hungry, thirsty, or, you know, desolate for whatever, you need money. Of course. Of course. But when we're not exactly that, maybe we're not as well off as we want to be or we're expecting to be. We want more. You know, that's that pivotal moment when you're just thinking about the money, thinking about the money. You know, this is what I need to have. When is it coming? What are we going to do? And staying on top of that, instead of living in the moment right now where you're at and find gratitude for where you are and then be a better human being and keep focusing on that right now instead of taking it for granted, you know, that you're already a decent person and you need money. Well, yeah, to that, to the upside of that conversation, i Christine and Chelsea are in, are in in the desert, Palm Desert. Yeah. And um, Joshua and you know here and there and they're gonna they're going to wherever. And um, uh, it's, it's on a property look, you know, mm-hmm. properties, whatever. Anyway, uh, she keeps sending back these pictures. And yeah. I sent you I sent you one this morning. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I'm getting. I'm getting pictures of cactus. And um, I got a better bird, picture. And bird's nests. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I you got a better? That. Yeah, I got a better picture. She sent me one uh, last night. Did she? And, it's and, better, uh-huh. better than the one this morning? Yeah. <laughs> God. It was great. And I and um, she said, let me see. Let me go to her text. She sent it to me. It was beautiful. It was like, a, um, like an evening sky. And in the foreground, there was some sort of, you know, cactus. And then there was this like hyper strike in the sky. Wow. And I, and she goes, thought of you. <laughs> and I said, hyper strike? Oh. Hyper strike? <laughs> yeah. And I said, I go, what do you see? And she said, something mighty powerful from the universe. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I love it. That's great. It is great. It's totally great. So, yeah, things are moving and shaking. 
Speaking of hyperstrike, I've got uh, a artist company doing uh, conceptual drawings of hyperstrike. Is that uh, right? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, look at you. Happen today. Should happen today. How exciting is that? Well, I mean, I figure it's, you know, it's, we're throwing it around. It's, it's what we're going to be. We're going to be, you know, I mean, you're a hyperstriker. I mean, you really are. I mean, you're all about love and all that, but you're pretty powerful, as apparently everybody seems to know, including my wife. <laughs> but see that's that's the whole point of it though it's like yeah you're pretty powerful i mean yeah love and all that stuff but you're pretty powerful too that's what it is yeah. you know we, we we can look out in the world and go oh my god it's a tornado it's a tidal wave it's an earthquake you know it's whatever these acts of nature are and we have no defense no we don't no, yeah, we can't yeah. get out of them, right? Right, we have no defense. Like you know, what it's, it's going to take you if if you're in the way. Yeah. And this is, you know, that's just one little example of the power of love. It's God. Everything that is being created, it's that same energy field. And so when we think about, you know, powerful, like in our context, it's influence. You know, it's the ability, it's the intelligence. You're you're accessing the intelligence of it for the greater good. Well, in your case, it's to change behavior. Yeah. You know, you're a big behaviorist, behavioralist, behaviorist, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, a behavioralist. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's behaviorist. I think it's just there's no L. Behaviorist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, yeah. it could be a there's been many uh, names. Behaviorologist, I guess. How about behaviorologist? There that, way, there, that way is an ology, which will there give you, you an academic seat at a major college, which is good. We'll give you a, we'll give you a laboratory and uh, three staff, two graduate students, and a uh, stipend okay. as a behaviorologist. All right. And uh, Dr. LaCasse will stop by and do a, a uh, guest speech for you. Twice Good. a year. Twice a year. Mm, very nice. Okay. Yes, behaviorologist. I'm going to put that <laughs> on my profile. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you are. Yeah. Yeah. You change behavior. Yes. That makes sense. I'm just going to use that. Because whenever you tell people, you know, what do you do or what do you teach about or what is your thing? And you say love. It's like, you know, the meter goes way down because it's like, uh huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, right. Uh, unfortunate. Yeah, behaviorologist. Yeah. Yeah, so let's put an ology behind it. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden now you're a high tone academic. Right. Yeah. Now oh. I have authority. <laughs> Good. Well, whatever. Yeah, but um, so anyway, so now you've been kind of down for the count, just not feeling well. And I missed talking. Thank you. I did too, actually. Yeah, I, it's um, been a few days. I I got up this morning and, and I did the thing that you said. I I uh, chopped up a a garlic mm-hmm. uh, clove, diced it. Mm-hmm. I'm good at dicing. I can chop, 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 chop. Mm-hmm. And um, put it in a soup spoon, one full clove diced in a soup spoon, mm-hmm. and I drizzled honey on that. 
And then in the meantime, I had made some uh, soursop tea. Yeah, the soursop. Soursop, mm-hmm. I mean, tea, mm-hmm. which I'm drinking right now. Good. And uh, so I, and then that other stuff with the dropper. The mulin, yeah. Yeah, that came in last night, but Good. I don't know, 1030. So I wow. put a couple of those in my thing this morning. My my thing, my mouth. Yeah, ding ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> that thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Good. And uh, and then I I of course and then I put the uh, the garlic, the raw garlic in my mouth, and swallow that first thing in the morning. That's the first thing I do. Take mm-hmm. the garlic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm surprised actually at how I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah. hmm. I think it's I think it's mental as well as physical and the physiology of the fact that I know it's helping me. I mm-hmm. did look it up. I did some research on it, oh, which good. I would obviously do. Yes. And it's a big deal. What uh, did you wrong. find? Well, I found that it's just one of the best possible antiseptic or um, uh, what do you call it? Um, antibiotic uh, mm-hmm. uh, helps uh, in nature. Uh, and it's been, and it's again like celery, but more importantly, yep. it's been used for uh, for medicine for centuries. When there was, even today, when there's no medicine available, garlic steps in. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. so I'm going to do it every day. I'm going to take a clove of garlic, snap, crush the baby up, put it in my mm-hmm. mouth, right on, and see yeah, what and, happens. And you have you to know? remember that it's food. It's, it, even though the food is medicine, it's food. You could eat the whole bulb. You could yes. literally like roast it, put you know olive oil on it or something, and just roast it and eat it. Yeah, I know. I like garlic, frankly. I, mean, I use a lot of garlic because I cook mm-hmm. now and then. You know, for with oh, garlic. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and um, and but typically what I'm doing is I am dicing it, or crushing it and dicing it, and then I am putting it in a you know shallow small pan of olive oil and I'm sort of turning it sort of to tan to knock some of the um, knock some of the uh, uh, you know aggressiveness out of it when I put it in in um, you know pasta or something uh, I don't just throw it in raw typically mm-hmm. I, I knock off some of the taste mm. but um, you know that's just commercial kitchen stuff but Hmm. Anyway, it's uh, it's lovely. I really appreciate what you're doing for me. And uh, I guess if I had to get sick to get your attention, well, I did succeed. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Got a whole list of things that you can do. Did Did you put your garlic in the honey like I asked? Yeah, I did. In the jar? Uh-huh. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I haven't. That's I. That's just sitting there. I mean, I don't know what yep. to do with that. No, you just let it sit. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you put a lot of garlic in there, though? I put one flower right. and enough to put honey around it. So I don't have a full jar. I have honey and garlic. Mm. Is that not good? No. Well, I mean, it's, you're going to be limited. on. You're taking all these days to ferment the garlic in the honey, and then when it's done, you're just going to have a little bit of honey. Because it absorbs? Is that what happens? Well, be, just volume. You know what I mean? You're just, yeah, just pure volume. If you take the garlic out, which you can definitely eat the garlic, and it's very good. Very good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, is that different than what I'm doing? By just taking the garlic and taking chopping it? 
Um, different in a way that, you know, it's not fermenting. It's not sitting in there and getting into the honey and all that. But, but I'm, I'm but getting the same good. value. You're getting the same value, aren't I? By, by just um, doing it fresh? They're both fresh. Yeah, I think, you know, just letting it sit there for a while makes it stronger. You know, but because we didn't have that time on our hands, we just did it immediately. But it's just the fresh garlic. Yeah. You know, which you can definitely take it a few times a day if you're not doing that already. Once a day. I'm doing everything once a day. Yeah, well, think about it. It's If I were to prescribe a bottle of medicine, probably wouldn't be once a day unless it was z pack. Yeah. You know, it, you'd be taking something a few times a day or twice a day or something like that. This is food. You literally have it every time you go in the kitchen. Huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll learn as I go, you know. Right. <laughs> Isn't it funny, though? It's like the perception of this is going to heal me like a pill. And so this is my dose. And that's all I'm going to take. No, it's food. <laughs> I know. That's how I saw it. I saw it as a dose of medicine. You yep. know, as some, I mean, it was a shaman dose of medicine. It was from the from the ancient period of time and from the ancient Merrily of the, of the forest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And also the potato. Yes, the that. potato. Yeah, the potato's coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but I, yeah. I can't, when I do the potato, then I can't make bread out of it, can I? No, because it's going to be bad. Gross. Don't yeah. even say that. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to put that on the bottom of your feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I thought I was supposed to put onions down there. Well, if you have an onion, do that. It just, no. it's not, uh, the onions, remember the onions uh, absorb all of the bacteria and things like that. Remember we were talking about the bathroom onion? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's obviously very good too. Onions and garlic. Yeah, and the potato on the feet though. I'm supposed to pull that out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll let you know how it goes. Mm-hmm. I, I was really surprised. My son and his girlfriend were sick. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like last year or something like that. And um, he said, he goes, I was so sick. He goes, I actually put a potato on the bottom of my feet. I was so surprised that my son went to a natural remedy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and he That's... goes, Mom, that shit worked. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. I know. I know. And, you know, I think it's funny how when we get older and mature and we're like, well, you know, I think I want to try that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm yes. I mean, anyone who's 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 raised children know how that how that is an evolution of confidence. You know, and when you're younger, and your parents tell you something, it's you know, oh God, you know, you know right? Not again, Dad. You know exactly. You <laughs> and that's on so many fronts. Yeah. And as a parent. You know, you have to just button your lip and just wait, just wait for the moment they come around and go, yeah, that actually works. So my mom always did that or my dad showed me, you know, and you come back. Like, All right. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I it's used, a learning curve. It is a learning curve. I, as I got, as my kids got older, I would sit and listen to them tell stories about growing up with me. Mm-hmm. In another in another environment, you know, and it was just fun to listen to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, 
Gosh. It is because you get to see yourself through your children's eyes, and that's really yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. However, one of the, uh, this is kind of morose, but one of the most interesting experiences I ever had was at the, uh, at the, re, uh, whatever you call it, the, a gathering anyway at John's funeral. Yeah. Uh, and John worked for IBM. And uh, so uh, this was at a private house and uh, uh, this was at Karen's house, which was uh, my wife at the time earlier in, in anyway. Everybody, a whole bunch of people came from IBM, from all over the mm-hmm. West Coast, mm-hmm. which no one expected. This, we just places packed. And I didn't know any of these people. And they only knew John. Mm-hmm. So we sit and I listen to these stories, these endless stories about his work life and how he was regarded within the, within the, and these funny, funny stories, mm-hmm. you know, that you, that I would never have ever heard in my life. Had he not died and had this thing come up, right? You know, no, that's not that's not a substitute, obviously, but it was very interesting. Oh yeah, because you get to know your son through the eyes of the others. Yeah, yeah. You know, it people was... in the world who just know them as them. Like it's like, yeah, of course you have parents, of course you have siblings, of course you have, but they are their own individual self. They are very, very right. So that's, anyway. that's, but no, it's a great lesson and it's a great story. Yeah. You know, for, for self-reflection and for us to realize that, you know, they may be our children, but they are their own individual in the world and the world knows them differently. They sure do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, I think it's good to remember. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. that's what we're talking about. But uh, yeah, because yeah. how that happened to me. And, uh, yep. Remarkable. I was I was listening to some reel. I can't remember who said it, but they were talking about parents, and and he was saying he goes just remember that once your kids become an adult and they take on another, you become extended family. Yeah. And I was like, gosh, dang it, that's so true. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah. You know because you're you're. I mean, this is your baby. You know, you've known them their whole life, and you always see them that way. You're my baby. You're my child. You're my, you know, even though you're an adult, and I see what you're doing and all that stuff. It's just like the hierarchy is: I'm your mother. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Until yeah. until until your kid shows up to take your car keys away because you're too old. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I know. I, uh, my youngest son, he'll be the first one to make comments as if, you know, I don't know, as if I'm older than I'm, I am. And I'm like, excuse me, you know, like, I, <laughs> like I've got one foot in the grave or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's, this is not the case at all. It's funny. It's funny. Yeah. And I'm thinking he's not old enough to know how young I am. Well, I think there's a lot, you know, youth has a lot to do with attitude, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's only when you get older do you realize how young that age is. Remember we were talking about this before, about the conversation where uh, if somebody passes away at 50 and they're like, well, you know, he had a good life. He was 50. (laughs) It still makes me laugh because it's so damn young. 
Yeah, I remember that conversation. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I, no, I think I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think the bell rings until eighty. I think that. Uh, when, <laughs> We've moved it up, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember, life begins at fifty. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I think I was at the peak of my productive career probably at forty-five. Uh-huh. I'm thinking. I think that's why I was maximum pucker. I couldn't. I had the king Midas touch at 45. I couldn't do anything wrong. Now I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was scorched earth everywhere. I wasn't. Doing, yeah. I wasn't making any friends. I wasn't doing anybody any good. I wasn't mm-hmm. helping society or humanity or the universe. But I was very effective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't miss that a bit. No, miss it a bit. Right. I, I'm so much happier now. Right. But. Um, but you could say you you did it. Yeah, you I can, had I can, it. Yeah, I can say that. I mean, I can I can certainly I can certainly reminisce about what it was like to be a you know power uh-huh. eater. And and I I suppose I can give advice about that and whatever and, you know and uh-huh. write a book about it and whatever which I've done. But um, uh, what I've what I've learned also, which I guess is maybe just because of how memory fades, but but. Uh, I write this. I write what is considered a memoir, and then of course that evolves into you because of how that worked out, which is just something that told me to do that somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it's occurred to me over the last several months or a year that I that I didn't even touch the surface in that book. I didn't even come close to what, what my book? life really is in Deals Danger Destiny. Oh. You know, mm-hmm. didn't even get close uh, to what to what I really I did. So, so does that mean that that you um, that you automatically does your brain filter that stuff out? Like you didn't do that. Like I don't want to remind myself that that's what happened or that's what I did or whatever. You know, like I I remember the some obvious points, of course, but a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, was really a delayed reaction. Well, wait a minute. I did this. Well, wait a minute. I did that. You know, wait a mm-hmm. minute. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go back and reconstruct any of that, but it was very interesting that it took a real thought process to bring it back out from underneath where it has been hiding all this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You really have to dig down to remember all those things. Like, I don't, I literally live in the present moment and then in the future knowing exactly like the vision so i have the vision in front of me so i pick up you know my paintbrush and i get to work and i don't think about what's behind me i just don't and then it, and then it almost feels like you've lost a lot of memory or you know the details of your life because it becomes a blur but every decade feels like a lifetime ago and this is where multiple lifetimes come in well, that's um, uh, as I listen to you say that. I think that's part of the secret sauce of your incredible existence, yours. Uh, you know, besides being an an, an influ, uh, what are you called? An influ, influential. An in- what is it? I don't want to say it. An influencer. <laughs> influencer, yeah. Influ- influencer. I don't think I'm. No, an you're influencer. not. No, no, an influencer. No, you're you're a you're some kind of a uh, onologist. We just come up with that a half. Oh ago. yeah. The behavior, behavior. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Anyway, our new word behaviorist behaviorist, yeah. I think is better than behavioralist. 
uh, the theology of being. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that. But I forgot what I was saying. Anyway, uh, what you just said, I think, fits right into that uh, very, very skillfully, whether you tried to do it or not. And that is how you live in the moment and know what the vision is. Mm-hmm. And all that slag and all that baggage behind you just falls away. Mm-hmm. It allows you to move up. Yeah. I mean, just just from a, just from a physics standpoint, just from an academic standpoint, that's beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's empowering. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you, you, you know, can sell that. I mean, put that <laughs> yeah. in an eyedropper and sell it for you know, take three of these a day. Just a, <laughs> have your Mary Lee at noon mm-hmm. and three. Yeah, because you're you know you're never ruminating over anything. You know, you don't sit in a pile of regret. You're not thinking how you could have done that better. And you're not uh, overthinking. Just not overthinking. And to me, that whole idea of overthinking is so foreign. Well, do you think that's practiced in your case? Or is that just, just oh, natural? Yeah. Does it come natural? Mm. It's practiced. I think you, that it you is. You think about it? Yeah, it is um, a practiced skill because you have to constantly be pulling yourself back to the present moment. What is in the present moment? Because your thoughts are not in, in the present moment. You know, they're, you know, like let's say right now you and I are talking, but I'm thinking, okay, but after we get done talking, then this is where I'm going to go. And so my mind starts to wander about the things I'm going to do half an hour from now, an hour from now, or later on today, and, you know, I'm totally absent. Well, is that, I'm that interesting, am I? That's interesting. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that is something that people struggle with. It's, you just can't be in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's why you're not a good listener, because you can't be in the moment. But that does take a lot of work. Because you've, you're forced. I mean, it's, it's almost a force of self-preservation to be aware of all this stuff that may be happening or has happened or how you protect yourself from even just, you know, getting out of the house. How you do it, how you think about it, where you have to go, scheduling, whatever it is. Of course, your brain's capable of all that. Nothing magic about that. But see, but the thing is, whatever it is that happens, whatever it is, and figure it out in the moment. So why are you worrying about it if it's not here? You don't need that answer yet. Yeah. Right again. Right again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you clear off a lot of your desk, you know, and just say, what do I want right now? What is important to me right now? Right. Of course. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's therapy. You need therapy. So you clean. It's mindless therapy. I've it's never clean. been I've never been to therapy in my life. Yeah? I mean, I don't know if that's unusual or not, but I've never done that. I've never I've never gravitated toward asking anybody for any advice. Mm-hmm. Most I, I would say a lot of men don't. I'm not gonna say most, but a lot of men don't. Because it's it's an assumed authority that I can figure it out. Yeah, I remember um, one of the one of the proofs of that is when you drive in a <clears throat> in a foreign city, 
or or any kind of a city, but I remember it happening in Italy. I was with Pat, my friend Pat Rhodes, and uh, he's a very bright and successful account has an accounting or did have an accounting company, mm-hmm. and his wife uh, Karen and Christine and I were in Italy, and uh, we had an address to go find, and he was driving the car. And he wouldn't ask anybody for directions, whatever it is. We drove around and around and around and around. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because he could do it. He could handle it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, I don't know how much time we burned up or wasted with that kind of an event. But but that was, that's Pat. You know, I mean, he was in charge. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know that's typical of him. I mean, he's a war hero. I mean, he's a decorated war hero. Uh, you know, helicopter pilot in Vietnam, uh, got his shoulder shot off. I mean, he's a tough guy. Um, but he was going to figure out where the hell we were, you know, and he finally uh-huh. did. But, you know, I could have just, why don't you just pull over and ask somebody, you know? I mean, we could, we could carve an hour out of this trip right now if you just chopped a goddamn car and asked somebody. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. that reminds me of um, <clears throat> what time. I was to be uh, at an event, okay? And someone says to me, Merrily, I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to get you there to make sure that you're, you get there on time safely. And I said, okay, all right, do that. So now we're driving and I don't know what happened, but he missed like the off-ramp or something. And we ended up driving an hour out of our way because we were on a one-way highway through the mountains. <laughs> and we were so late (laughs) and he felt so bad he just felt so bad there was no way you could not turn around there was no exit you just had to wait until this thing is finally going to let you off and um yeah yeah (laughs) i didn't get mad i was just kind of just kind of chuckling like well i guess i'm not supposed to be there on time well, that's a well. Isn't that a wonderful way to approach that, though? Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, I thought, well, it gives people time to mingle and you know talk about whatever, get to know each other, and when I arrive, I arrive. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's how life should be all the way around, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I am like that a... all the time. You mean you're always late? Well, that too. <laughs> that too i'm not a stickler for oh my gosh i gotta be 10 minutes early no i don't like keep you know being rude and keeping people waiting but you know you've got to you know and some things just don't matter if you're on time they really don't like for example the movie you know if i'm late to the movie so i don't get to see the beginning I didn't see, you know, all the previews and all this stuff, or I didn't have time to get my cop, my not my coffee, my popcorn in time. And that stuff does not bother me at all. I'll catch up. This hmm. is my life. This is my life. This is my time. This is my ticket. I can show up at the end of the movie and say I saw it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. I love you. Have a good day. So, um, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to place a meaning on that. Some kind of a meaning on that. Um, on my my philosophy of life or time. Yeah, yeah, time. Yeah, I wonder. 
I, I, I'm a firm believer in everything happens in the right time. You know, no I'm not, what? I don't no, have, no, no matter, matter what. what, I don't no have to control what. it. I don't yeah. have to even pretend that I'm trying to control it. Right. Huh. Mm -mm. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of things are, you know, when you're ready, when you're ready, it'll be here. Okay. Well, in the, in the movement of time, I mean, in the great flow of time, I mean, that's all absolute matter of fact. That's the way it is. But we, we tend to confabulate our needs, you know, and we superimpose all that stuff about nothing, nothing. scheduling and whatever it is. And we run, you know, we run our life that way, whatever, for whatever reason. Right. <clears throat> and everything is about this system of control, you know, like what time is going to start. And, and, you know, we meet it on both sides. For example, like the podcast, uh, you know, well, you want to be consistent. So you want to start at the same time all the time. So, you know, your listeners, your listeners know when you're going to come on. Isn't it? And it's like, you know, and then that's stressing us out. We don't do that. We don't do that. It's like, well, yeah. we post it, right? It's like you get yeah. to enjoy it and we get to enjoy it and everybody's happy. Yeah. It's our conversation. It's our conversation when we can fit it in. Yeah. Um, but does that make us slovenly then? Well, we could be called that, but who who has the authority to call us that? You know, it's an opinion. It makes me happy. That's what matters. That's right. It makes That's me right. happy. Makes me happy. Right. Our and conversations then, make me happy. Yes. If they make you happy, all the better. Mm-hmm. And dear listener, if you show up, that's good too. You know? I don't know. Wait a minute. No, I missed that. A call came through. Okay. It what did you say? It it did, yes, it makes it, me, it, us happy. It wasn't. No. Yeah, it makes us happy. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she can wait. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so, you know, but, but things like that, you know, you have to, to really expand out. Like people get so stressed out when their bills aren't paid on time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And it's like, would you just take control of your life? These are all systems. It's a system of control. You need to control the system. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. and um, you have to... Um, you have to really think, what is the worst thing that could happen? What if I don't? It really would be, it really would be fun wouldn't it, if we could just all live without Equifax. If we could just live our life, do what we want to do, barter, you yeah. know, whatever we do within, within, within our frame, and not have an Equifax or whatever those companies are, um, you know, deciding who we are. Well, that's the thing. It's a quote-unquote <clears throat> service a servant. No, yeah. I don't need you. I don't need you for my business. I don't. You know, and the problem with all that is people starting up these businesses of control because we, the people, don't know how to control our business. We don't have discernment. We don't know how to judge a person's character. So when we make mistakes, we need, you know, some sort of refuge. It's like, can you go get them? Go get them. Give them a bad credit score. You know, put them in court. Put it on the record. Put it, put it, put it. 
Yeah. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's like we would solve all of our problems if we could identify the person that's in front of us. No, sorry, can't do business with you. I learned about that early on in my life when uh, when my mother, my mother was working at an appliance store, and um, the contractor who was who was the contractor building the University of Montana football stadium came in to buy an appliance. And he was turned down because of his credit score. Uh, and it occurred to me that, that all people in business who are small business people or whatever, uh, who are constantly fighting with vendors or whatever they're doing, up and down, back and forth, all this stuff is being clicked into a system of, of, of who they are. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they this, it's a completely distorted message that goes out. Um, you know, if you go to court, if you sue every one of your vendors, if you know whatever you are, then I mean, you've got a reputation for that. But that's what your reputation is. You got to be careful, right? Um, if you don't, if you don't pay. But I mean, you you get to the point where you learn that about people. Um, it's like a D and B score. I mean, all this stuff is important in business, done Bradstreet and so on. But uh, gotta be nice. Do not have to worry about that stuff. <clears throat> you know, live your life. Live like you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you've got you. I mean, you've got such a marvelous philosophy. I think on on life, on how to live your day to day, without without. I mean, oh, if I start to visualize all the ways that I'm being analyzed mm-hmm. and cataloged mm-hmm. and and dropped to somebody's bottom line to see who I am, I'm thinking, Jesus, God, you know. Right. How can I even get out of bed in the morning? Right. And that's why it's so important to understand that we're not that. We are not the entity that they created for us and that everything is judging. We're not that. No, we we never have been. That's just a system of controls that's been put on us by commerce, which is as crooked as a dog's hind leg to to start with. Exactly. You know, and our whole self-worth goes down the toilet because, you know, our credit score isn't well or because our bills aren't paid on time, because we're not making a million dollars a year, because my car isn't fancy, because my, because on and on and on and on. You know, and it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Let's pull back here for a minute. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and we're it's like we're constantly trying to measure up according to what they think we should be doing or having or, you know, we didn't sign up for any of it. I didn't sign no. up for that. And, and people do sign up for it. It's like, oh, God, get out. And when you challenge it, um, you end up, you tend to end up with a, with a, uh, an attitude that is that is um, um, dismissive from the person that you're challenging. You know, say, I don't. This, you know, this. You got the story wrong, or whatever you want to tell them. I mean, I went out. I went out. I, I, uh, whatever you can do. I, I uh, locked up all of my credit scores. Locked mm-hmm. them up. Mm-hmm. So you want to run a credit score? I mean, you can't get one. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because I'm just, I'm just not interested. You know, mm-hmm. uh, to, to give, telling you anything about right. me at all. 
Right. I don't want you to know shit about me. You know, exactly. you want to know about me. <laughs> yep. And that's how we all feel. That's exactly yeah. right. And it's, uh, yeah, this whole credit score business and social credit and checking your Facebook to see who you really are and doing all this stuff. It's like, I mean, I understand because that's the world we live in, but just it's way too much in our face, you know, in our business. Well, it's ruining us. It's ruining us as the as the as the the the, the system that we are. I mean, we are an operational system in the universe, as our body politic, yeah. as our brains. As we are a system in the universe, and the universe, the system that we are in the universe that we're in, the universe that we're in has no concept mm-hmm. of Equifax or right. or of banking or anything. It doesn't. They've never heard of that stuff. You know. Right. <laughs> And that's what we are. Yeah. So who had the authority to enslave us and tell us who we are and nail us to the table and saying, this is what you're going to do. And you're going to follow my rules. See, the argument of, in favor of that, of the, of the other side, is, is, is that by, by being compliant... And of course, as we know, I've never been compliant because I've been thrown out of major universities multiple times. And I, you know, so I am Mr. Non-Compliant. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this, none of this is news to me. But the, the argument against me, for example, is that I squander my capacity to be important in, in, the, in Rotary or in whatever it is. Exactly. Uh, you know. <laughs> That's why we're two birds of a feather because it's <laughs> don't care. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, we were so yeah. alike like that, John. Yeah. I'm just not about it. You know, it's like I don't I don't need the 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 control. No. Under the pretense of service. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All you, you know, have to do is pick up a physics book and pick up an astrophysics book and you'll find out that none of that is there's nowhere none of that shit's in the index. None of it. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. I know. And so this is where, you know, it's where faith comes in. When you're taste testing your faith. Yeah. You know, there's there's that world that you're talking about that doesn't know anything about that. And then there's the enslavement world. So when we're moving over to the world of, of, you know, of being, then we have to have faith that that field will take care of that enslavement. The answers will come because you're choosing love over money. So you start to test the system and it's like, well, so what, what if, what if I do have a bad score, then what, you know, and the idea is it's going to crush you. It's going to destroy you. You won't be able to do anything, you know, and and that's one consequence after another, after another. But if you, your focus is on being at one with all there is that creative field, then even if they do do all that, somehow or another, you still make it. You still succeed. Well, are you there? Yeah. Oh, I thought I lost your signal. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do make it. You you do make it. I mean, the, the from a pure banking standpoint, it'll cost you more money. Um, you know, if you if you're non-compliant, 
they will factor in a, a fudge factor. You know, you might be a, you might be a, uh, you know, you might have been a six percent credit. Now you're going to be a nine percent credit because we just, you know, we just can't figure out who you are. But your down payment's big enough. I guess we have to believe you. You know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they will still factor in, you know, fudges. And then what I then what I like to do after I'm done, you know, after they've screwed me on the front end, I'll wait till the back end. When, I'm, when I've got the fudge factor, when you're still a fudge factor, then I'll make them an offer. Mm. I'll make them an offer to write it off. I'll say, listen, um, how much do you want to just close this out? You know, mm-hmm. we're done. You know, well, I just, let's, let's just knock $10,000 off the bill. I'll give you all the money. Mm-hmm. And then they'll take that to committee and say, holy shit, you know, this guy's offering us all the money if we want to back it off. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you get them in the end, um, one way or the other, you know. I mean, I get them. Uh, I mean, I, I watched Don mm-hmm. Snellman do that to Edgar Kaiser, mm-hmm. you know, because he didn't like what he did to the boat. And so he walked on and complained. And he had, there was two lawyers from the Kaiser organization that were there, and they didn't know how to handle it. They were young attorneys. They didn't know how to handle this, this drama. Mm-hmm. And uh, we walked out of there, and we made ourselves $100,000 on the spot. I just simply tell them they can take the boat and stuff it. We weren't going to buy it. It was a million dollars on the table. And we said, you guys, you know, take a walk. We're done. Mm-hmm. Piece of shit. You guys are crooks. We're not going to do this. And and Kaiser, who at that point owned the Denver Broncos, was back there on a press conference. And the lawyers called and said, my God, they're not going to buy the boat. Da, 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 da. What mm-hmm. do they want? Well, they said we stole stuff. And da, da, da. They wanted 100000 off the boat. He says, give it to them. Mm-hmm. So we did. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, these are just digits. It seems like a lot when you think about pallets of money. Like, oh, my God, it's $100,000. It's just book money. Yeah. That's a good That's a good example. Good example, pallets of money. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's we just... consider the war effort where we take those pallets and, you know, sprinkle them over Afghanistan. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the whole idea of money is digits. It's just digits. It's just accounting here to there, here to there, here to there. And it's like, you know, if you just uh, detach from the idea that your value is attached to these digits, you free yourself. It's like, don't get afraid of a negative sign. (laughs) It's just a sign. You know what I mean? Right. It'll come back. As far as I'm concerned, anything short of death is a win. Right. (laughs) Okay. So this is what you're saying, and this is what I'm saying, and this is what we're saying. And then, okay, I'll throw this over here, and I'll throw that over there. And then you come over here, and it's just just like, you know, and and, uh, what do you call the abacus thing? So just move the the little balls around. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Don't get so attached to it. It's not you. Yeah. You know, and when we, we start to understand, like, well, you know, sorry, Mr. Credit Card, you're not going to get your payment this month. Well, yeah. we're going to slap you with $45 late fee. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying that either. Uh-huh. That'll be late, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and then it, it's like, and oh, my God, but Marilyn, you can't do that. Well, why not? If you don't have it, if you got to give it somewhere else, then give it somewhere else. Feed your family. Feed your family. You know, money is fake. That credit is fake. The credit is yours. They they took it from you. They're lying to you. Why are you honoring that system? You know, because every time they take 
uh, or to give, let's say, if they give you credit, you know, you got a credit line, $10,000, they took it from you. It's your money. But they're not telling you that. And every time they dip into your trust account to take that money to loan it to us and we had to pay it back with interest, it's all fraud. That's a lie. So now when we have late fees and, you know, they're going to send us to collections and all this stuff, there's your remedy. It's just, you know, the whole thing is just a game. That's why we have to understand what love is. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Your value is who you are, your essence, and that's something they can't destroy unless they can mentally get to you by this idea of money. Fear. Yeah. It's fear. It's, fear. it's control and fear. That's right. That's what money is, control and fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nope. No. That's not me. To sign up for it. I arrived here free and I never signed up to be a part of that system. Never. It was given to me. So if it was given to me, that means that it's mine and I should be able to operate it. But if I, I don't want it, I can put it down because it's not me. It's just what I have. It's property. You know, kind of like my name. My name is property. Yeah. Nala. <laughs> Learning the media again. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. That's that's how I feel about all that. And that's I part of the reason why I'm so adamant that, you know, come over to the to the garden. Our life is good. Yeah. Uh yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. I mean you're discussing an ontology here of, of a style um, by conceptualizing how you operate within it, and I think that's people. People need to do that. They need to. They, they need to be willing to do that. Right. There has to be willingness. That's uh, right. Without fear, there's a lot of fear. People are afraid to do stuff like that. You know, I mean, uh, you know, if people protest you. I protest what you're doing. You know, right. Well, let's, how about try a riot then? If you don't like to protest, let's have a riot. I'm, I'll be the riot. You be the protest. Who wins in that deal? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think you got to stand up for yourself. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, the thing is, there's no remedy. There's no remedy where there's no love. And what I mean by that is that in this slave system, where there's consequence if you don't fall in line with the quote unquote laws, which is only one, then, you know, you're going to be sorry. Okay. Cause the controllers will control you. Well, the remedy is love. It's always, that's always the answer. And the way it is, is by behaving according to that frequency, that frequency will bring what you need. Deal with your adversity in the enslavement. If you're not on that frequency, then you have no answer. Then the consequences become dire in the 3D. Because you're in narrow, very you're in a very narrow spectrum then, because you can't get out of it. 
And if you elevate yourself, you can your options just become enormous. Yes. Yes. Now you have a 360 degree view of or of possibility, you know, whatever the answers are. It's all possibility. You just yeah. don't know, but you have faith that that answer will come. But when you're only living in fear and according to, you know, the very small um, scope of how we can live, that side doesn't give us answers. That's an illusion. There's, there isn't any. There's only consequence. That's so, I mean, if we go back, we, we go back to, if we want to study all the way back to the beginning of time, and how the evolution of these things, I mean, not the, not time, but the beginning of man. Uh, and we want to study how the evolution changed us, how we became uh, keepers of keys. I'll say yeah. keeper, keepers of keys, mm -hmm. where we control people. Um, <clears throat> is there a religious context, you think, in that? Is that the devil? I mean, you call it the devil. Um, yeah the reason I call it the devil is because remember there's left and right if left represents the world of money we know that Satan rules that and we understand that what is subject to that world is our ego our ego is the one that responds to fear with more fear with retaliation with defense you know with blame and, and then so, we lose. And the right side then is all this other stuff you're talking about. Right. Which is clean and slick and wonderful by comparison. Right. And it, it's hard to make that jump, you know, because we think that we are good people. But there's the, the philosophies, and where do they fall in? Like theist philosophy, Christians, and the, they would be theists or atheists, which would be the Antichrist. Um, you know, where do they fall in to this process? There seems to be a disconnect. There is a disconnect. Where... Mm -hmm. Because we're talking about religion. Religion is a, is a, a construct of the left. Okay. So that's bad too then. Yeah, yeah it's a system of control. Yeah, I, of course I believe that. Mm -hmm. But I see where you're articulating it. Yes, you believe that too. Absolutely. Yeah. Does what? religion do any good for anybody? No. It must do some good. Religion. Religion in itself is a system of control. Unless it's an education in love, then it's ignorance. There's only intelligence and ignorance. And we have been ignorantly learning about love and in our ignorance we have arrogance in believing that we know what love is but clearly our behavior tells the truth yes because there's the misconception of i love you as long as you comply with whatever it is that I'm supposed to have your compliance in. I only, I only love you if you comply, right? Well, okay, that's, you know, that's a good point. I don't know how much time we're at, but that's a really good point that you just we're, brought up. We're down to 30 seconds, so hurry up. Ah, oh, dang. 
No, no, no. <laughs> no, hang in there. Um, okay, wait. I have to find a post just real quick because I think you saw it. The one about, um, remember the, the woman in the orange? About um, talking about love isn't enough. Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. You know, I post a lot more than I think I do. <laughs> I didn't even realize. <laughs> What the heck? All I do is complain about Facebook, and then I got all these posts. <laughs> it's funny. It's infectious, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, God. Well, because you know what? I, I, I'll i see something, and then it frustrates me. And I'm like, no, people, this, no. <laughs> so this one says, before you get married, right? Discuss bills, parenting, oh, yeah. okay, oh, yeah. parenting styles, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> credit, debt, religion, how to deal with family. What beliefs will be instilled in your children? Children, our childhood traumas. Really, most adults have zero awareness of any of this. Uh, childhood traumas. M most people don't know what the trauma was. They, they don't understand like the, the, the root cause of it. Right. Sex, sexual yeah. expectations. Seriously, right now? Seriously? Uh partner expectations, financial expectations, family health history, mental health history. Really? I've been to counseling a dozen times. I can't get my shit straight. <laughs> <laughs> Will you love me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, my yeah. gosh. Right. Okay. So bu your bucket list. It's important to me what you need to do before you die. <laughs> this is the most insane, ridiculous post. And thousands of people thousands of people are agreeing with this and it says you know discuss your bucket list your dream home careers and education political views and whatever else comes to mind because love alone is not enough and i thought to myself if that doesn't prove the ignorance of where we are oh my yeah. god yeah right yeah because it's well because it's going to be love to get you through everything it's not going to be any of that stuff it's not going to be any of that stuff yeah, and no. and you know the moment I sit down with a date, let's just say, and he says, um, or maybe okay, so now it says before I get married. So we've been dating, dating long enough to get married, long enough for this person to actually feel they want to spend the rest of their life with me. So this, these are the questions you have to ask right now. <laughs> Yeah. You know, three months in, a year in, I mean, I don't know however long it takes for people to propose, but it, the whole thing just doesn't make sense if you start to think about it. If you ask me about my bills when we sit down to dinner, a game over. Well, yeah. See, <laughs> excuse me? Who does that? I mean, I mean, right. I mean that, you know, I mean, um, people don't really do that, do they? Right. If you ask me how much credit card debt I have, <laughs> game over. <laughs> yeah. If you ask me um, what my parenting style is, really? Most parents don't know what style they are. They're just winging it. They're just trying to love their children and provide. You know, this is... Well, yeah. Gosh, I mean, I can see where people would 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 approve of that or agree with that after the fact if they have bumped into this problem with their current partner. But I presume they worked it out. 
you know, or they or they got divorced or whatever. It, oh, but that's not that's not the basis for the opening conversation. No, <clears throat> so many people, thousands and thousands of people, agreed to this and said love alone is not enough. Well, they're just totally nuts because they don't even they're not even the right planet. Right. And I said the only way it's not enough is when you don't know what love is. Yeah. How can you literally see say, well, I don't know. It's, to me, it's just it's just beyond yeah, a clear I understanding. I, I this is that. a buzzkill. Yeah. 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 I agree and, with you know, so it's stuff like that that you know I'll I'll post and put my comments to straighten that out, and then then again. Only a few people will actually read what I wrote and instead read the meme and say, that's right, love is not enough. 100% true. I, I agree. And it's like, ugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so are you wasting your time? Sometimes I feel like that. Sometimes. But then again, you know, I got my creditors looking at my Facebook account and they, they're going to see what kind of person I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're being looked at everywhere. Exactly. Whoever it is, you know. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Look at my Facebook account. Yeah, it's not really for, I guess, everybody else. Yeah, I I notice it. I notice that the uh, the recruiters at various universities now look at uh, they look at, uh, you know, X, Twitter, Facebook, you know, LinkedIn. Oh yeah. That's they want to see that right away. And then and then who are these people? You know, they're looking at that. Um, but it's, it, you know what, though, I, I agree with it. It's like you can put on a face when you go to that interview or when you show up or whatever. But then if you're acting all crazy and, and uh, you know, questionable on your Facebook and you're ranting and you're being mean and you're t- it's like, OK, well, I know what to expect. So does that does that knock you out of the, of the job category because you're oh, crazy on Facebook? I'm sure. I'm sure it does. Yeah, yeah. But is, I mean, is that it? Doesn't that isn't that contrary to what you believe in? Shouldn't that shouldn't uh, they not look at your Facebook? No, 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 no. So that good. That's a good point. No, because obviously we feel that we could be whatever we want to be in our spare time on Facebook, a social. This is the freedom to be me, right? So uh-huh. if the controllers were to let go in, you know, in what we were talking about with the credit scores and all that stuff, if they were to let go and let us be who we are and they see all this craziness, this is exactly why they need to control. Because we can't be trusted. We don't know who we are. You're putting on a face, you know, and, and you think you're putting on a face, but then behind the scene, this is what you're showing us. It's absolutely fair. So in in and as some concept there, it's kind of like, you know, with the game, people just show up and you're like, well, I want to trust them. You know, they're they're applying for the friendship, the relationship, whatever. And you want to trust them and they look really good. They present themselves really good. But three months in, et cetera, you start to see the real person. Well, this analogy with Facebook is like cutting to the chase. Let's just see the backside of them. Who are you really? Okay, so <clears throat> on Facebook, for example, I say in my case, you know, I do a lot of, of um, 
I'm just scrolling back now to see various things that have to do with the writing and whatever. But then I bump into a picture of me with with uh, these various crime guys. Yeah. Which is a complete departure from, you know, some of this other stuff. Um, and, and that is a part of my life. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I, you know, walk, mm-hmm. I mean, I know what, I know what the color of the walls are in a prison, but, uh, so does that, so they look at that and they say, well, this guy is, is a gangster, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. so we can't, we can't have him here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah. guess depending on what they want you to do, you might be the perfect guy for it. Yeah, it's true enough, I suppose. Yeah, right. Okay, no problem. You know, mm-hmm. you're right. I want, well, you better have my brand of bullets in. Make sure I don't right. want just any old bullets. But see, that so, side of your personality, that side of your personality doesn't really, it's not the first thing that you show when you meet people. No. They don't know. Yeah. That's why well, Facebook is take... an open forum for the CIA. I should take that shit now then. Of course, all the gangsters I knew were dead anyway, so what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm but anyway, that, standing. Mm-hmm. this whole conversation has literally been an example of how twisted you know, the concepts are of our existence. You know, what is right and what is wrong? Where is the control and where do we need to pull back? Where is there not control? And we need to pull back and see what we're doing because we're showing everybody who we are and why we need to be controlled. Yeah. You know, you're not all there. You don't have the discernment or the self-respect to show up properly. You know, and it's not that we want you to put a face on. It's like we really want you to um, cut cut through all the ego-based behaviors get to the essence of who we are so that it is natural to be loving and positive and beautiful you know constructive instead of a you know yeah just the what is it the cyber bully yeah but I mean I don't bully I mean I'm not bullying anybody If if I saw a picture of who I am or of what I've done, or something—a picture like of of, of uh, Johnny Carbone, you know, who was you know racketeering and and you know murder and arson, whatever. I mean, he died in prison. They they gave him a hundred years. Wow. Uh, but you know, I know him pretty well, and he and I were were you know did did I mean he's just he was my client. Yeah. Um, doesn't make me a, a gangster. No. You know. It's just like it's just, it's just like Meyer Lansky. I went up against Lansky when I could barely shave, you know, and I mm-hmm. go against the the leader of the American Crime Syndicate and win. Mm-hmm. Except, of course, they won. Actually, I think they just you know put me in a sack and make him go away. For God's sake, go home and grow up, kid. <laughs> <laughs> they probably liked your tenacity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway. um, we just have to remember that it's it's a book. It, Facebook is literally a scrapbook of your face. It's your notes. You yeah. know, whatever you want to put in there. And it's open to the public. So they're looking at your scrapbook. 
Yeah, they are, aren't they? Wow. Yes. What What is your focus? What are you always talking about? Some people, it's nothing but food pictures. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine your whole life? You're looking back on your on this your life book, and it's all food. Where you yeah, ate also, in the meal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least oh, I'm not in that box. Yeah. Right. Or all the all the different relationships you had. No, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, all right, all right. Fair yeah. enough. We're done. Hey, eleven oh one. There you go. All right. I love you. I hope I you feel you. better. I do. Okay. I will. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.